everyone, and welcome to the Periodic Table, episode 34. Ethel Merman does Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Recorded October 4th, 2012, and brought to you by Element Opie Productions. Element Opie.com. Welcome to the 34th episode of the periodic table. Mm-hmm. I would come up with some clever quip about the number 34, but I got nothing. So I will simply move straight into the fact that the 34th element on the periodic table is selenium, which can prepare, be prepared in any number. Now, I got I, this is so I, I just read this stuff straight off of either Wikipedia or webelements.com. This one is so complicated. I can't even do it. Selenium is kind of cool. It's got lots of different colors and it's found in the soil. So that's all I because the words on this one are hard. It's an element. Oh, wow. That's that's come, that's from you, Mark. That's <laughs> saying a lot. So, uh, selenium can be prepared with either an amorphous or crystalline structure. Crystalline monoclinic selenium is deep red. Crystalline hexagonal selenium, the most stable variety, is a metallic gray. That's what I was going to say. Elemental selenium is relatively non-toxic and considered to be an essential trace element. However, mm-hmm. hydrogen selenide and other selenium compounds are extremely toxic and resemble arsenic in their physio- physiological reactions, which makes sense because it's right next to arsenic on the periodic table. Uh-huh. So... What you're saying is, if you're going to eat some selenium, make sure you got the right kind. Right, because if you get the right kind, it's good for you. If you get the bad kind, you die. Right. Exactly. Kind of like the gas pedal and the brake. One extra electron, and it's all over. <laughs> right there. Right out of the we got a good show. One title. extra electron. And the, the two guys bantying about, bandying about, not banting, bantering, bandying, band, the talking hey. with me right now. Are Sean Kybel and Aaron Butler, my co-hosts of this show. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? My voice is low. Yes, this is the Night of the Low Voice show. Night of the Low Wait. Voices. It's a, it's a Barry White a thon. Right. Come on, baby. Listen <laughs> to my podcast. That, that's that's Turn a good way to describe the show. A Barry White a thon. <laughs> Go ahead and put them right in your ears. That's right. <laughs> We're 30 seconds in, and we've already got like three show titles. We're doing great. <laughs> oh, That's not my normal voice. This is my normal voice right here. This is how I normally talk. You know, I wish I had that deep uh, voice, but I don't. I'm a, I'm a total tenor all the way through. And so, you are. You're uh, a tenor. When I, when I, you know, there's, there's definitely some bass there, but I'm not a bass by any means. I am, by definition, in case anyone out there is keeping track, a baritone. I always wanted to be a bass or a tenor because I wanted to be special, but I'm not. I'm that average guy. I'm a baritone. Sing kind of high, sing kind of low. Not really good at either. <laughs> so when I get into my radio voice, it's really more of a tenor tone. It's way up there. You know, I was the voice of Dermatology Associates of Tyler. Thank you for calling Dermatology Associates yeah. of Tyler. If your skin is sloughing off in large <laughs> sheets, call 911. <laughs> if you have boils the size of grapefruits, call 911. If you have acne, we're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If uh, up until very recently, until my replacement was ordered to change it, I was the voice of my previous employer as well. I was on every production they did on the voice, the voicemail system, also on anything that went on the web. It was me. They liked me. Let's hear a little voice. Let's let's hear hear a little voice of Honeygrove out there. That's uh, that's still the case, by the way. Other oh, okay. than the one promo they did that I, I voiced for them, but that was that was new. All the old stuff is still out there because, quite frankly, I have better things to do. <laughs> what was funny was we when we would record these, you know, announcements and things like that. Uh, we'd be in the office together. We had a joint office, and it was so hard because I would do the radio voice thing, and everybody would be laughing behind me, and I tried to keep the straight voice, you know, I mean, straight face. Our office hours are 5 a.m. to 3 p.m., you know, like that. And they're like, blah, blah, blah. it was yeah. very hard to keep a straight, straight, uh, straight and, and you go ahead and you do all that anyway and try to make it sound as good as possible. Then it gets compressed down into crappy audio uh, phone codec and it comes out, comes out, checker number 13 to the front, please. Checker number 13 to the front. No matter what you say, that's what it sounds like. Checker number 13. That's a good one. That's diet, Sprite, Sprite, yeah. Large orange drink. Say it. <laughs> we need we need to totally scrap 
the phone system in this country. I mean, it could be so much better. Even cell phones, which are all digital now, use that crappy codec because that's the lowest common denominator. Phone calls could be so much better. All right, I'm, I'm off my technological uh, high horse There's your now. clip. There's your clip, Mark. <laughs> okay, I'm off my technological high horse. Coming to you live with Element OP Productions. A quick uh, shout out to Jim Beeson, oft well, mentioned yeah. in this uh, program, for sending me all but about three of the show topics tonight. So, you know, generally I go through and say who found them and who uh, Just assume it's Jim because he, he sent me an email with, with a whole – in fact, I didn't use all of the ones he did. They were too, There were so many. Uh, so thanks, Jim. Appreciate it for making it so I don't have to do work. Brought to you by Jim Beeson Productions. <laughs> Gene Beeson Studio Productions. So the first thing I want to talk about tonight is, you know, we have often um, lampooned poor journalism. Uh, it's a hobby of mine, picking out bad stories or badly written stories. Um how about, and in fact, this isn't even new. We've uh, covered this one before, too. Uh, I mentioned recently on a show that I kept wanting to check to see if this article that we were doing uh, was an Onion uh, article, yes. because it seemed so uh, Onion-esque. Well, it turns out the Iranian media, the uh, state-run uh, media outlet there in Iran, actually mistook an Onion article for the real thing and ran it in its entirety. Well, not actually, they edited out some parts of it that were negative about Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad. Um, but ran it as it is, complete with the Onion News Network uh, logo, the whole bit. Uh, and uh, it was a, a fictional poll that said uh, people like Ahmadinejad better than Obama, that they would rather hang out with him at a, at a dinner party than Obama. Now, did, did I just read this article before? Or did we already talk about this on the show? And we're just mentioning it again. I, am I dreaming that we talked about it on the well, show? This was just this week, but it's, it's happened before. I guess I so. just read it this week somewhere. I don't usually do that. I don't read the news. You know why? It's depressing. People die all the time. Well, and you can hear all the good stuff here first. That's right. All the news come, that's fit to print. Right. I am not joking when I say I come here for my news each week. That's the only reason I'm on this show. It's just for the news. So I can stay up on the important things in the world. What an odd, odd world it must seem to you. Then. <laughs> Welcome to my world. You know, I, the, people have often postulated that experiment. What would aliens think of our society if they could only uh, make judgments based on television? What if all they had was this show? <laughs> it would be another episode of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> they would either think we want to go to to Florida or we should never go to Florida. I don't know which. Right. This is a famous, I think, uh, I think it was. honest with large laser beams. <laughs> Think of a famous Arthur C. Clarke story or, or Ray Bradbury story. I don't remember who it was. Isaac Asimov, who talks about the world going in nuclear holocaust and the world destroyed and everything. And then, like, the last paragraph says, and basically, the people living on Mars, all they noticed was a slight lessening of the polar ice caps on the planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole point is, you know, how insignificant in the scheme of the size of the universe, you know, total catastrophic destruction of the planet earth would be um you know it wouldn't it wouldn't affect andromeda too much <laughs> so the onion article that we were just talking about Sorry. uh was based on a fictional gallup poll that found that the majority of white americans would prefer to vote for the iranian leader famed for his denials of the holocaust and condemnation of homosexuality than the u.s president so they're picking poking fun at white people there uh which they like to do often um i quote uh, i like him better the onion quoted a west virginia resident dale swiderski as saying adding that he would much rather go to a baseball game or have a beer with ahmadinejad than spend time with obama he takes national defense seriously and he'd never let some gay protester tell him how to run his country like obama does <laughs> iranian news agency fars ran with the story verbatim, excluding only passages about Ahmadinejad's denial of the Holocaust and a reference to his alleged execution of political prisoners. Little known trivia fact, Mark. I know you like trivia. Did you know that the Star, War, Star Trek alien race, the Ferengi, uh -huh. you know that is the Farsi word for foreigner? I did not know that. I believe that's correct, but it could have just been an onion story that I read. <laughs> So that that's how you know you're good at satire when people yeah. mistake you for the real thing. Right. 
And Mark, uh, um, before we move to the uh, the next story, you know the other day we had Josh Hahn on the One Meal One Workout yes. podcast, One Meal Workout dot com. He uh, he posted on Facebook tonight. It was pretty funny. He's a funny guy. He he was a little nervous on the podcast, I think, so he wasn't quite as funny as he normally is. But he says, while conversing with a zoologist, never casually use the term fish when referring to a dolphin. Learn that one the hard way. <laughs> Oh, I'm reminded of an Ace Ventura, that Ace Ventura line. Find the fish or find new jobs. I don't know why that came to my mind. <laughs> I said, and never talk to them about your kill and release program either. That <laughs> was a line from, uh, uh, what was the, the, the precursor to, um, what's the show where they jump on the giant red balls? Um, you what it's you wipeout wipeout I love wipeout yes. yeah there were you know the original Japanese show what was it called X X XM I got nothing there was a, there was a, it was a, it's based on a Japanese show and they had these two commentators that was and it was all overdubbed you know by comedians and whenever the guys would get up there to start the show they would always have and here comes Mark Cockrell you know blah 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 blah, blah. they have a little blurb about him of course everything was made up and that's I actually stole that line from that and here comes Sean Kybel you know per, uh, purveyor of the controversial kill and release program. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, it just, I laughed so hard at that one line from that one episode of that show and it just stuck with me and so in Petoskey, Michigan a fellow uh, this is hard to go you know, the people take their uh, Aaron you're, a, you're a, um, an avid comic book collector yes I am I'm a superhero um, file yeah you actually have uh, Tony Stark standing over you right now well, he is, you know. No, this is Iron Man. He's Tony Stark's bodyguard. That's you know right. your continuity. Yeah, it's not getting any, well, not in the movie. Talking about the movie retcon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you have uh, you have Iron Man there. Well, uh, apparently, a fellow in Petoskey, Michigan, was so uh, enamored with Batman that he made himself a bad costume. And and the picture that comes it's with bad. this article, uh, I wonder if he sewed the pit stains in himself just for uh, realism or if that was just an added bonus. I didn't even notice them the first time. It's <laughs> so when he's in the shadows, he holds his arms up in the That's dark right. areas making him camouflage. So uh, state troopers uh, in Petoskey, Michigan, were um, on the lookout for a, uh, a hit-and-run driver, a, 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 a man who fled the scene of an accident um, there in northern Michigan, uh, and they had uh, dogs out. Uh, searching for the guy uh, when a 33-year-old Mark Wayne Williams, serial killer, because we know his middle name. Um, uh, or presidential assassin. Right. So Mark Wayne Williams showed up uh, in his Batman costume and wanted to help. And and the police said, basically, go away, son. You're bothering me. And he refused to go away. And, and, and the dogs were more interested in his weird costume than they were in the scent of the the man they were trying to chase so they kept saying the you know yeah it's the pits <laughs> it's the sweaty pits so they, they kept saying you know um <laughs> just go away you're not helping anything go away it reminds me of uh of uh the incredibles yeah. where you know Mr. Incredible, right <laughs> go away just go so, home buddy go home so state trooper says quote he wouldn't clear the scene and we had the canine out there and he kept screwing up the scent uh, so he said he wanted to help us look for the driver. We didn't want the dog to track Batman instead of the accident scene. And he was getting in the way of officers who had a job to do. So they arrested him uh, and took him to jail. Uh, said he uh, wasn't carrying any dangerous weapons, and his costume, but his costume and gear were conf- confiscated from him. Uh, he was charged with resisting and obstructing police in an investigation. Uh, and he posted his own bail and, and was, was released. Uh, you know, there's a history in comics, Mark, of superheroes being mistaken for criminals and often uh, being arrested and or serving time in alternate universe prisons uh, for just such a thing. Yeah, in but fact, the real the Batman of, wouldn't be caught by the state true. troopers. Uh, the second ar- official lineup of the Avengers was Captain America and four people who were considered at the time to be slightly controversial because of their criminal backgrounds. Just throw that out. All right. Appreciate you setting us straight on that. Issue number 16 is hanging on my wall right over here. They're just misunderstood. That's all. It is. It's true. So uh, one of my favorite lines of this article is, a call to the number listed as Williams Petoskey's, uh, Petoskey home rang unanswered on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> it says it's not this first time he's done this. He was arrested last year after police uh, received a report of a, of a man dressed as Batman on the roof of a business there in Petoskey. 
When the officers arrived, they found Williams dressed as Batman and carrying a baton-type striking weapon, a cam of chemical irritant spray, and a pair of sand-filled gloves. Yeah. Well, I only have one thing to say about this, and that is, at least it wasn't it wasn't dressed as Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, That's and you know, they're all yeah. going to feel real stupid when he comes walking into the police station with the local mad genius. That's right. Right. Yeah, and I would have got the way. Everybody's got too. local mad genius, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was old Mister Withers at the amusement park. I'd have got away with it too, even for your darn kids and that dog of yours. <laughs> it was sort of a. I don't even know what that was. It was kind of a, a Ethel Merman does Scooby Doo. Rock, you got nothing left, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Get in there. You got nothing left. I tell you. So I could just see him the whole time going, but. But I'm Batman. You can't. I'm bat. You can't arrest me. I'm Batman. Hey, I'm Batman. I want to help. You know the corner crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and and I have no way to transition to this next story. It's just bizarre. Um, outside of uh, Rhode Island, East Providence, Rhode Island. It's not outside of outside of Rhode Island is the ocean. No, uh, outside of Providence, Rhode Island, um, a dog, uh, a small poodle-like animal, ran out in front of a, a, a car, and uh, we've all had this happen, right? Small animal, not always a dog, but a cat, or if you're in Texas, an armadillo runs out in front of you, and you slam on your brakes, and you don't feel an impact. But you don't see the animal anymore, so you assume right. it, you know, just ran away and, and yeah, you missed it. The stopping it. of the car quickly, you know, and you hitting the seatbelt is as much as the impact as anything else. Right, and uh, and so I've I've had that happen a number of times. Well, this this happened to the driver of this car, and then he uh, proceeded on his way, uh, eleven miles uh, down the road uh, from uh, from Massachusetts down to to Rhode Island. Uh, and when <laughs> I love he, how you can drive across two states in eleven miles up there in those little states like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. That's going to Walmart where I live. Right. That's people often don't understand the uh, um, scope of like a, Texas. A Texas or Georgia or uh, or even the United States. I was talking with a uh, a friend of mine from uh, Ireland uh, a while back um, about this massive thunderstorm that was over the the state of Texas, and uh, he didn't uh, you know he, he didn't have any sense of geography. So I sent him a, a map from from like weather.com or whatever and said so just to give you a sense of scale that sun thunderstorm there is bigger the entire than the entire european union so just to give you an idea of how big this thing is but uh so yeah anyway crossed two states he drove 11 miles and when they got to where he was going they uh somebody saw a dog sticking out of his grill yes i said that <laughs> a dog well, like, when you sticking say grill, out of all the grill. i think of was like like a gangster grill <laughs> Got a little something in your teeth. You got, got something in your teeth there, homie. It's yeah, a chihuahua. This was not the right kind of bling. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, the the dog was fine. They the animal control went in and pulled him out of the 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 bumper, essentially uh, up under the grill of the car, and he just ridden there the whole eleven miles, um, <laughs> probably wondering what the heck just happened. <laughs> I had a uh, I had a similar thing happen where. Um, I drove into town, and as I got near town, this is when I lived in a small town, uh, as I got near town, I heard, like that. I was like, what is that? It's on the radio? No. I said, what is that sound? I finally pulled over in the parking lot, and I heard this, like that, and I got down, and I could hear it coming from underneath my fender. So I I pulled into, luckily, I knew the neighborhood mechanic, pulled in there. He put the car up on the lift. And the fender weld of my car, there was a little hole about this big, right where the fender weld joined the body. And our kitten had gotten in there and got turned around and was trying to get out. And his little face was looking out of the hole, uh, like uh, like six inches from the ground because it was a Camaro, so it was low to the ground. So what he saw was me driving 100 miles an hour, you know, like that. He had this; his eyes were just gigantic, <laughs> and he's just going meow, 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 over and over. So they unscrewed the fender weld, got the cat out, and I put him in the back and drove. He just stood in the back window of the car shaking. Like well, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny, actually. Was, when I was, no animals were harmed in the in the making of the story. When I was about eight, we had a car. What do you call those? Where where there's like a vinyl top on the roof? You know, it's not a convertible, but it's a right. 
the vinyl covering. We had we had one of those. I call them and, vinyl coverings. Yeah, the, the 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 it's not a rag top, but anyway, so soft top maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. uh, we we lived about seven miles from our church, and one Sunday morning when we pulled up at church, and I got out of the car, I uh, closed the door and looked up to see a cat with claws dug in to the vinyl on the roof of the car, going. <laughs> Ah! So he he was up oh. on the car and we didn't notice him and he he crept old and rode for like the full seven miles all the way to the church. Uh, we he was too traumatized. He actually died. It was too much for him. He couldn't handle wow. it. It actually is called a vinyl top. You were correct. All right, there you go. So uh, and not to be outdone, a San Clemente, California man, um stopped uh, after a very long drive of uh, roughly 110 miles. Um, he had uh, been driving in the Southern California heat, about 100 <laughs> degrees or so, and when he stopped, he heard a dog, but he couldn't find the dog. He opened the hood of the car. There was a dog sitting on the engine, like on the air uh, vent, uh, the filter, <clears throat> under the car that had been there apparently for 110 miles, where he'd gone wow. from Chino to Orange and all the way up to Camp Pendleton. Sean, that's your old uh, stomping grounds. You know those names, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's quite a circuitous route. Yeah, not only is it a long drive, it's through nice like desert in uh, the no, summer. No, that's uh, that's actually a drive along the coast. For okay. Most it was but October. still, uh, California has been experiencing a heat wave, so... Uh, I can't imagine it was pleasant. Well, and a drive in the summer in the desert is makes the story more exciting than a drive down the coast in October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, the article does say the temperatures were pushing 100. Uh, so n- nobody's sure how the dog got there. The the the, the driver of the car, James uh, Jaime Magana, uh, says that he knows the animal from from the neighborhood. He says when he got where he was, when he was going, he noticed fur above the left front tire. And he opened the hood to find a 25-pound dog sitting atop the engine. He called for help, uh, and animal control officer came, put the dog, nicknamed Chevy, nice, <laughs> um, into a truck, and the dog was fine. Said he's, uh, he's, the dog seems to be no worse for wear. I have to imagine he's a little burned from uh, sitting on a hot engine for 110 miles. Uh, but uh, you know, now they're just trying to find the owner of the dog. Nice. I got to think there are better ways to, to catch a ride. Yeah. You know, it's a good week to be a dog, though. <laughs> yeah, both of them were fine. They weren't hurt. Yeah. Although we never do probably hear the stories of, you know, dog fell into radiator fan. Probably, <laughs> yeah. probably kept up for a mile or so. Yes. <laughs> now, I, I may have mentioned this before, but my, my mom, everybody's heard the story of the crazy cat lady, right? The old lady with yes. 19. That's my mother. I grew up with the crazy yeah. cat lady. She yes. is an animal lover. Not, not only cats, but dogs and rabbits and any anything you can imagine um, that is subhuman. She, she didn't like the people so much. The animals, she's all about. So um, I can't even remember the number of times where we started a car and cut a kitten, you know, because it was up in the engine staying warm. Uh, we had one one kit one dog uh, one cat rather with no ears because the we the fan scalped the oh. the ears right off the cat the cat was fine lived through it because uh, you know cats have nine lives uh, but he walked around with no ears for the rest of his life and then we had some that uh, were too chewed up but for some reason they like to crawl up in the engine there um, uh, you know enjoying the warmth and it's a nice cozy spot <clears throat> and if you don't know they're there and you start up the engine bye bye kitty. That's a sad story. And down. (laughs) But I don't have a great love of cats, maybe because I had to fight for space with them all my life. Um, I like cats the same way that I like asparagus. Small doses, mostly steamed. (laughs) Sorry. My analogy totally broke down. With a nice, delicate butter sauce. Exactly. Garlic butter sauce. The I'm butter makes the cat better. Now and he, he's looking at me like, what you talking about, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, 
again, I have no transition for this story. And how, how do you know who your real friends are? Have you ever wondered, you know, I, I have people, acquaintances, people who call themselves my friend. How do I know who, who my real friends are? How about, a man, how about a man who will do three years in prison on your sentence? That's a real friend. In Stockholm, Sweden, a man convicted in uh, smuggling outwitted his jailers by sneaking in a friend to serve most of his year-long sentence. Excuse me, not three years, one-year sentence. Um, the, <laughs> the identity of the false convict was discovered when he'd been released on probation after serving two-thirds of his friend's sentence. So he was in there for nine months, roughly. Um, well, it depends how good a friend he is and how much you had to pay him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Elizabeth Lager of Sweden's prison and probation service refused to give the identity of either of the two men, but he said, uh, the Enlu convict came to serve the sentence with a false ID, uh, a driver's license with the name of the smuggler, uh, but with his own photograph. Um, how in the world would a smuggler get a hold of a fake ID? Who knows? And what kind of judicial system do they have where they just expect a guy to show up and present his driver? Yeah, this is me. I'm here to serve my sentence. Maybe he had one with Bobby Hill on it, like the like the, the carding uh, thing in England did uh, recently. But, <laughs> that was funny. But, you know, he's, yeah. he's been there and uh, was he was he served the sentence was let out for, on parole and and went on his way and and then apparently somewhere along the line somebody figured it out uh so an international arrest warrant was issued for the real convict um <laughs> but it took them more than 3 years after the switch to discover the problem so i that's where i got the 3 years from this all happened 3 years ago they just now issued the warrant for the guy that's hilarious and said it's not clear whether the smuggler's friend would be punished. Is that a crime? Doing time that's not yours? I mean, how do you punish somebody for going to jail? What's uh, the punishment? I would say in our country, uh, obstructing justice. Right, but yeah. but seriously, Often what's the punishment for going to jail? More jail? Yeah. I mean, clearly that wasn't a big deterrent for him the first time. <laughs> and you have to sleep in a bunk with no sheets and your toilet twenty four <laughs> inches off the ground. <laughs> And Big Bubba Joe is your roommate. You have, you have to share your cell with twenty cats. Just time. <laughs> yes. So that's uh, I don't know if that's loyalty or stupidity or what. But I mean, yeah, maybe that. I mean, it does say the article does say that he paid the guy. But yeah. what good does money do you in jail? Well, he obviously didn't have any expenses while he was in there, so he was able to save up a little bit. And then when he got out. <laughs> And you're dealing with a man who is obviously untrustworthy. How do you know he's not going to just leave? That's the you? thing I've always, when I've thought about going criminal, you know, we've all thought about it. I, when I've thought about going criminal, I'm like, how do I, how do I get my gang together? Do I approach Mark and Sean one night after a podcast and say, "Hey guys, I'm going to knock off the local, local liquor store. Are you in? Uh, who's going to drive? Who's going to hold the gun? Who's going to, uh, you know, butt stroke the the guy behind the counter with the pistol? I'm not stroking draw- anybody's butt. Not gonna happen. <laughs> Are we? Uh, there's a title for you. Are we, yeah. um, we? We draw on lots for it, and then you know, if I'm crooked enough to do that, how come I'm not crooked enough just to take the money and run? Well, you know, yeah, exactly. I, how can how can you trust? There's no honor among thieves, right? How can you trust your fellow criminals? Yeah, because uh, I, I never understood that. I mean, I don't know whether it, even and especially when you get people that are involved in actual murder and like like gangs. Not not gangs in general, but like the mafia, you know. I, I guess you don't. I guess they kill you. Is what happens. Maybe that's <laughs> <Yeah>. the whole. <laughs> so it's not so much a trust situation as as just a plain fear one. You know, that's right. how Capone did it. You 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 cross me, I kill you. So we're all we all understand that, right? We're good with that. All right, good. You do right. what I well, say. Once you're in, you're in. Right. You do what I say, and you'll be rich. You don't do what I say, and you'll be dead. What make your choice? Rich or dead? I choose rich. That's probably a better a better system than just you know criminals suing each other. <laughs> Have you? We uh, had a contract. I, he was supposed to drive. I was robbing the bank. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot to put the gas in the car. It was clearly on the checklist I gave him. 
<laughs> I appreciate your attempt at a transition, Sean, but I wasn't quite ready yet. So hold that. Um, I, was, there for you. I was just reminded of... Uh, Ooh, I want to do the next transition. Oh, okay. Uh, of, <laughs> of a movie, The Count of Monte Cristo with uh-huh. Jim Caviezel. Remember that yep. movie? Uh, great movie. Before he was Jesus. I love, I love that movie. Yeah, before he was Jesus uh, and before he was some weird guy talking through time on a radio. Um, yes. Um, in this case, he was a weird guy who was uh, in prison. Uh, and there's a great scene there where he comes upon pirates and the the head pirate guy says, we'll solve this by having a knife fight. Whoever wins gets to be on my crew and whoever loses obviously is dead. And he says, so what if I don't want to kill anybody? And he says, well, I'll just kill you now. And the Jim Caviezel character says, suddenly I find that piracy is the life for me and I would be very more than happy to kill your friend. <laughs> and it just it's just one of those moments i thought right. you know do you want to be rich or do you want to be dead now aaron transition ready to go oh sean was doing this one remember i was doing oh the next one. you're gonna do the next one okay. yes so sean so what would be a better system is if the criminals just sued each other no nah, well lawsuits in in prison are no um no strange thing uh, oftentimes, well, maybe not oftentimes, but it's not unheard of for a, a, a criminal to go to jail and, and become a lawyer, go to, go, go to jail a criminal and come out a lawyer, which is really pretty redundant, right? Um, right. They got nothing else to do there but work out and study. Well, a, in uh, Marquette, Michigan, uh, a man um, filed a lawsuit saying he lost a tooth because the jail didn't provide him toothpaste. And so he's uh, he's suing he's sued the uh, the the legal system the jail system saying that they didn't give him the proper tools for proper dental hygiene and he lost a tooth over the ordeal and it wasn't fair and the state argued with him and and fought uh, and he won and uh, what uh, what ended up being the deciding factor in the case is when the jury found out he only had five teeth when he went into jail. So clearly there were some issues going on. Now, now you could say, if I was his lawyer, I'd say, yeah, but he lost 20% of his teeth while under the care of the state. There's a problem there. Yeah, I think that was, uh, what's the word? The um, uh, There's a word for that whenever there's like circumstances that are, exist before the, <laughs> the, the, the court begins. You know, like I was on my roof and I lit the house on fire and my neighbor came by and he didn't help me. So I'm suing him for burning my house down, you know, that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, when the jury found out that he went into jail with only five teeth, they reasoned that he probably already had some other uh, dental hygiene issues and the toothpaste probably wouldn't have made much of a difference. So instead of uh, winning his lawsuit, he has to pay legal fees of $353. Awesome. Hey, Mark, if I put a tent on the roof of a building, is it legal? Well, it depends on how you got that tent. If you stole it out of the back of a truck, not so much. Was that smooth, Sean? That, how was that one? That was very smooth. Because <laughs> that's what I, you know, often just think about, you know, wondered that. So I'm glad you got it out there. So there were, uh, it wasn't just one man. It was a number of, of young men in Ocala in Marion County. Marion County is where? I can't say it. There used to be a, an Ocala, Florida, I think. Is that, is that, that couldn't be it, could it? Well, from Mississippi, we say Mayron when it's spelled like that. I got two cousins named Mayron, but I don't know if that's how they say it in Florida. <laughs> so in Ocala, Florida, in, in the great Marion County, Florida, uh, a man was found camping on the roof of a store. A 20-year-old Travis Rose uh, was sleeping in a tent surrounded by catio, uh, catio furniture. Patio furniture. Uh, he set up. He set up on the roof uh, of a shoe carnival um, on the 20, 2800 block of Southwest Twenty Fourth Avenue, to be to be precise. And you couldn't see it from the ground. It was sort of behind another taller building, and uh, and you you couldn't tell it. It was you know it wasn't there. So somehow um, the police were up there or whatever. I, I don't know. Uh, but he saw the tent, this large family size three person tent. Um, and, and, uh, Mr. Rose said, we had more ideas coming. We just got caught too soon. Uh, police say they believe Rose and his friend, 20 year old John Vaughn stole a box truck last week from a parking lot 
uh, near their rooftop hideout. Uh, the truck was found submerged in the pond uh, recently nearby after the patio furniture uh, inside was empty. So they had this tent that they'd set up surrounded by stolen pat- patio furniture. And Mr. Rose said we had planned on getting a putt-putt golf course and a hot tub. We were going to get get a gazebo and put an Xbox and a TV in there. So he's now... <laughs> That's awesome. The, the, the biggest, he was mostly indignant about the fact that they yeah. ruined his plans. Yeah, you can't get... Uh, you, the guy's got a plan. You got Not many 20-year-olds have a plan. But he had a plan. So now he's in jail and he's, you know, he's come charged, uh, come clean with it because he's sitting there and he says, I got six months over a tent on a roof. I think this kind of sucks. I regret it. I wish I'd only gotten a warning and I'd have taken it all down, but they kind of hit me hard with it. No, I don't think it was so much the tent on the roof as the stolen items surrounding you and the truck you parked in a pool. I think that's yeah. maybe what they were more upset about. Yeah, if I was doing the little hands in the air weighing things. The hand that had the stolen items in the pool truck would be down low and the tent would be up high. Right. Yeah. Trespassing is one thing. And, and admittedly, this is balls out trespassing. This is, this is creative. Is that a real and phrase? Or did you just make that up? Um, no, it's, it's, in fact, it goes great, uh, great with a story that we're going to have later on. I should have saved it. But no, it's a real story. I mean, real word. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Google it in spite of myself. You go right ahead. Uh, be careful. Just don't do an image search. Um, here's my favorite thing. Not quite the last line of the article, but close. Once he gets out of jail, Rose said he hopes to go to college and sell insurance because that's the natural life progression from camping out in a tent. Uh, he says he's not homeless. He had a place to live. He just didn't want to be with his parents nagging him all the time. So it was better to live in a tent on a roof where they they had electricity, uh, you know, piped in from somewhere that uh, I guess they found an outlet up there on the roof, and they had their air conditioners and their box fans, and they had a radio, and uh, they they were all you know just happy camped out of there. I guess they you know went down to the local gas station for uh, other facilities, or maybe just the corner of the roof. I don't know, but uh, they had it all worked out. But now he wants to be an insurance salesman. It's a movie starring starring Sean Michael Scott, also known as Stifler from that other movie uh so yeah apparently it's a real phrase and if you go look at that movie up on imdb it also recommends if you like that movie that you like might like mr woodcock thank you so, thank you so I'm, I'm, i appreciate you uh, uh verifying Starring billy bob thornton just make that up um, that, that starts billy bob thornton <laughs> okay <clears throat> remember uh oh it's been a while we did a story. A we did a story. Five episodes, probably. Yeah. A story about the Sofa King. Yes. Yeah. Who uh, who had a banner up saying our prices are Sofa King low? Yeah. Um, he's back, uh, and this time the Sofa King um, took matters into his own hands as two men tried to rob his furniture store in broad daylight yeah. while the store was open. Yeah, it says the, the robbery likened to a scene from a Benny Hill film was foiled after the would-be thieves forgot to close the getaway, the, their, their getaway van's doors. So it's all on video. You can look it up um, when, you, when you go to the website and, and uh, uh, look at the, uh, the links there. But uh, anyway, Mark Kipta, the, show, the Sofa King owner, uh, owner um, said the duo must have been desperate to target the store during peak shopping hours. This is not a night. They didn't break in. No, they they walked. They drove a van out in front of the building during the day while people were shopping, grabbed a couple of couches, and loaded loaded them into the van and tried to drive away, but they didn't close the door to the van. Said the the owner says we couldn't believe their audacity audacity just coming around the back of the store uh, at our busiest time and brazenly loading the van with our sofas. Uh, he says our prices aren't exactly high. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he decided to put that in. He's ever the uh, the salesman apparently. Uh, he says uh, he ran out and jumped into the back of the van and got the sofas back. Um, That's funny. So they were so fucking busted (laughs) (laughs) oh so uh yeah the guys got away with it but not with the furniture the van drove off and the police are looking for them uh 
but the the sofas were fine because they drove off with the the door open an employee jumped in and just threw the stuff back out and then got out of the van so do you put a slightly used sign on that sofa (laughs) yeah you can't really sell that anymore um it's not it's fast (laughs) come get yours now it's they're in demand clearly (laughs) but you're really moving that sofa king <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Let me do the next transition. Okay. Um, how are you sleeping? No, that's not. And it. I like John Cleese. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. Uh, did John? Cleese- but I can't eat chicken. I'm allergic to it. That's why they call it foul. I don't think John Cleese was actually in this show, but uh, he was involved. Nice in try. No, I don't think he was. He was. He was so, a powerful to stars. <laughs> Um, in this, this, this is one of those articles that is just full of, um, puns all around. This is in Kent in the UK. An eccentric hotelier has turned her passion for poultry into a business after open up, opening up a luxury five-star hotel for chickens. Julie Smith decided to open the guest house for hens due to a huge demand for the service in their rural Kent community. She was inspired to create a hen hotel named the Fowlty Towers after being regularly asked to look after her friend's feathered pets while they were going on holiday because apparently chickens are big pets in the UK. Quote, a lot of people ask what they would do when they went on holiday with the hens, explained Ms. Smith, who has 13 hens of her own. So I started looking after them as a favor. Um, I love how they put the U in there. And I thought, well, I might as well be a bit of a business and we'll try to get them sorted. So a luxury hotel for chickens called the Fowlty Towers. Here's the best sentence, though, Mark. The birds are also taken for walks and on trips to the local village pub. (laughs) Because it's important that you take the chicken to the bar with you. Exactly. Uh, but let me tell you from experience, the last thing you want to see is a drunk chicken. <laughs> why, why the chicken cross the road? To get to the village pub. So tell me about your experience with drunken chickens, Sean. I think this would be an interesting show. I, I you know, I'm just going to say uh, 20-something rancor. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all you need now is a lab coat and a couple of monkeys, and you'll fit right in. <laughs> right. And we'll all go down to Florida. Oh. Slow down, guys. I can't type this fast. <laughs> all you need is a lab coat and a couple of chickens. I said monkeys, and actually. Monkeys, sorry. Yeah, a couple monkeys, of monkeys. And then you said something about we'll all, <laughs> something, something we'll all go down to Florida. Yeah, we'll just yeah, we'll just all go down to Florida. Because that's where it'll all fit right in. Um <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. <clears throat> this next story is uh um not coming up for me for some reason in the page, so I'm going to vamp while I reload it. Uh it's sort of a stub of a story. I couldn't get to the to the whole story because it was behind a paywall. It was one of those sites where you have to uh pay to actually read the whole article. But uh it, it was uh it's an example of how as Paul Harvey used to say, it is not one world. Uh in New South Wales, which is uh I I believe in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it New Zealand? I think it's Australia. Uh, It's somewhere down south. A 26-year-old by the name of Alan Dell uh, had an accident um, that uh, sliced his lip from the the base of his nose all the way down to his teeth, um, uh, where he got hit in the face with a guitar. And just, you know. I hate when that happens. Yeah. And if anybody who's ever played guitar knows that when you you put new strings on, you have to clip them off at the end there at the headstock. And those things are razor sharp. In fact, um, I was at a concert. I think, Aaron, you might have been at that one in college where uh, our guitarist sent a kid to the hospital because he was out in the crowd playing the guitar with his wireless rig. And he spun around and caught a kid in the face. The kid went to the hospital, got six stitches, and came back and finished the concert. That's a real rocker. Well, you can also give yourself a pretty good little lump just by taking your guitar off and this real fast, and the strap kind of catching on your back. I've done that before. You go to take my guitar off, and the strap kind of catch. 
Yeah, and you thump right in the head. But yeah. anyway, so uh, this man who is also a chef, uh, and he says he grew up in the bush country, uh, so he's a, a, a country boy, um, went to the uh, hospital there in the, the socialized paradise uh, of Australia and was told that the doctor wasn't in and he could have a seat for 10 hours and wait. 10 hours. So he's there in pain with his face literally, you know, cut in half. Um, and he's trying to decide what to do. So he, he takes a, he's got a 20 minute cab ride. He said, uh, back to his house and he's pondering, uh, what to do with it at two o'clock in the morning. Um, and when he was trying to figure out what he should do, he thought, you know, I've got a sewing needle and some fishing line at home and I'm a chef. I'm used to trussing up meat. I think I'll just handle this myself. So that's what he did. And he sewed up his own lip using a sewing needle and some fishing line, but he says he was careful to sterilize it first. And then uh, the the end of the uh, article says, I think Crocodile Dundee did it once. Anyway, it worked. So there you go. Those aren't stitches. These are stitches. (laughs) (laughs) You like that one, did you? So that's a tough fellow right there. I mean, first off, to to even think about that. But then I can't imagine standing in front of a mirror, sewing your own face. I mean, that's got to hurt. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's my best master impersonation. Yes. Yes. All right. And this is where I should have used my balls out transition. Is that um, a thing? <laughs> So uh, this is in uh, Laurel Hill, Laurel Hill, somewhere, Emerald Coast, it says. Where, where is that? I don't know. It doesn't say in the article. The Emerald Quick, Coast? Somebody Google Laurel Hill. Laurel Hill. You said the Emerald Coast, right? Yeah, that's what it said. Anyway. Um, I, I'm having trouble with the links. Yeah, I can't get the links. To yeah, you got to reload the page. I had the same issue. Reload uh, the page. It'll come reload up. The page. So anyway, um, a Laurel Hill man in Okaloosa County. That sounds awfully Florida-like to me. Um, yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, walked into a store with his junk hanging out. Uh, gotta be Florida. <laughs> gotta be. <laughs> uh, Douglas LeVon Rogers, 59 years old, walked into the Dollar General. Because why not? If you're out of me, Florida. If you're going to walk around somewhere with your junk hanging out, it might as well be a Dollar General. Um, right. With his penis exposed. Um, and uh, so they, they called the cops on him. Uh, a deputy, um, and I'm skipping over this guy, so don't say it. I'll get to, you, to it in a minute. Um, the, the deputy uh, went out and, and saw Rogers in his vehicle uh, parked at another business. Um, and could in fact confirm that his penis was exposed. Uh, he was arrested. They, uh, they did a, and Roger said, uh, you know, maybe my junk was hanging out, but I didn't realize it because, you know, that's just so natural to me. Uh, when they searched him, they found a red smoking device and a small piece of aluminum foil containing a burned flaky substance that tested positive for methamphetamines and a small babel bottle labeled nitrostat. That can contain several white tablets of nitroglycerin. On the seat of his car was a small silver pill container with a light blue powdered substance. The man mm. identified as Lortab. Oh, what, I don't oh. know what Lortab is. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a narcotic. Pretty sure, if I remember right. It's like it's like uh, Vicodin in that same category. I think so. Yeah, I'll Google it while you're talking. So anyway, uh, and Rogers didn't have a prescription. Yeah, Cetaminophen and hydrocodone. Yeah. So, uh, Rogers didn't have a prescription for the Lortab. There's a surprise. Uh, <laughs> and he was charged with possession of a new legend drug, whatever that means, without a prescription, indecent exposure, and possession of a controlled substance without a prescription and drug equipment. So, he's, he's going to be in jail for a little while. But my favorite line of the story is, quote, talking about two f- women from the Dollar General, quote, both victims were able to provide a detailed description of the defendant's penis. <laughs> Why? I mean, is it really the penis that you, is that the identifying characteristic 
that you're going to go with. You know, he was. I don't know how tall he was. Yeah. But. Uh, man, did he have gray hair or, or dark hair? I, I don't know. What color was his eyes? I don't remember. But his penis was about five inches long. <laughs> I can describe his penis really well. And then it goes on to say. Title. <laughs> and both of. Says. <laughs> And here's the best part. This is the second half of the sentence that says they could describe a detailed description. It says, both advised that they were offended by his actions. They were so offended they could give a detailed description of the man's genitalia. I have confirmed, by the way, thanks to the power of Google, that Okaloosa County on the Emerald Coast is, in fact, in Florida. It had to be. I mean, really, could it have been yeah. anything else? And you had to you had to look up the county because Laurel Hill there I found like South Carolina, Virginia, Florida, but the uh, the county puts it away. It's Florida. Over on the right side when I look at this article, I just laugh. The the headline of another article: Bicycle vanishes after being left beside dumpster. You think? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Trash found missing from garbage can when left on side of road, left out by driveway. Oh, I have to paper mysteriously you know. put in mailbox each day by unknown assailant. <laughs> Uh, just another quick my mom story i i hope she well i started to say i hope she never listens she's never going to listen to this show she doesn't know what the interwebs are um she uh one one day she was talking about somebody uh stole something that she had put out by the dumpster and and i said what how could they steal it you put it by the dumpster it was trash that's where you put things that, that you want to go away. She said, no, that's where you put things that are of value and that somebody else might want. So in my mom's world, the dumpster is where you, it's, it's her version of Craigslist. The dumpster is Craigslist. You put things out there that somebody might want, but then if they take it without asking, they stole it. So she, she put something out by the dumpster and if somebody took it without asking, she was upset. That's hilarious. See, even the cops can hide behind that one. If they want to, if they want to get something on you, they'll go through your trash because they can legally go through your trash. That's right. It's a public thing. But can they give a detailed description of the man's penis? That's the real question. That I can see lineups now. You know, instead of having the little line behind them with the heights and you know the glass in front of it, it's dark in one room and light in the other, you know, and and everybody steps forward and says it. No, everybody unzip. All right, now turn to the left. Now shake it a little bit. All right, now turn to the right. Ma'am, are any of these the penises that offended you? <sighs> turn to the <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, do the hokey pokey <laughs> and turn yourself about. That's a test they left out of MP school. <laughs> so, so when you were a cop, you don't remember the penis lineup. that You skipped that day? Turn there your head and cough takes on the whole new connotation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. And so this next one is um, an efficient way to identify women. Yeah, it's not a very efficient. That's true. Um, you have to <laughs> have to be other things that uh, we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, this next one is not a crazy story in the same way. It's a crazy story. It's a crazy story about a crazy woman, but in a different way. In Philadelphia. Um. At Charles, Charles Carroll High School in Port Richmond, Philadelphia. Um, well, it's it's near Philadelphia because Port Richmond is a city and Philadelphia is a city, so it can't be Port Richmond, Philadelphia. But anyway, um, Samantha Palsy, a sophomore at Carroll High, um, on a on a, a uniform free day. Apparently, the school typically has uniforms, but on a, quote, dress-down day, she decided to wear a Romney Ryan 2012 t-shirt. It's a pink t-shirt, um, and she had every right to wear it, except her teacher didn't agree with it. Um, high school geometry teacher, um, who is unnamed, we know the victim's name, but we don't know the perpetrator's name, publicly... Um, insulted her and dressed her down for uh, wearing the shirt, pulled her out in the hall and encouraged other students and faculty to mock her for wearing the shirt. Uh, it says that uh, Palsy had recently voted, uh, registered to vote as an independent, was not involved in the Romney campaign in any way, uh, but the teacher um, allegedly called a non-teaching assistant, assistant 
Wait. Yeah. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. That's just um, call the teacher's assistant, basically. The, the the article basically it, it it made it made it read like I had the wrong name that Samantha Palsy Palusi was the teacher but no it's not no, uh, called called a non teaching assistant into the room who tried to write on the shirt with a marker because naturally somebody wears a shirt you don't agree with politically you should write on it with a marker um, and told her to take the shirt off. Here, 16-year-old sophomore, strip here in public in front of your classmates. Don't worry about it. We'll give you another shirt later. And then it said that uh, uh, wearing the Romney Ryan t-shirt is the equivalent of wearing a KKK linen sheet. And that she should be ashamed for doing it. And... uh, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just beside myself. I'm getting madder and madder, more and more ang- mad as I read the story. And the fact that the, the teacher, the, the villain in the story, gets to be unnamed is frankly unconscionable. We know the victim's name. She's all over the place. But we don't know the person, the insane teacher. We don't know who she is because we're protecting her identity. Yeah. It, it's just... it's. Re- I- I am not a super political person. I tend to be much more conservative. I'm not a registered Republican. I am a registered voter. But it seems, just from the outside looking in, that the left tends to be more, what's the word I'm looking for, crazy, uh, on things like this. <laughs> that that they, 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 you tend to hear this kind of thing happening more with the left. Now, that, now the right tends to do things like, you know, start more wars and things like that. And, and I'm all for that personally. Um, not that I'm joking. I'm being facetious. But, but you do, you don't, I, it just, this seems they liberals in general, and I'm, 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 I wish Eric Faye was here so he could yell at me. Liberals in general, you know, back to like the whole Chick-fil-A thing, they tend to not like other people having freedom of speech. Yeah. But they demand the right to have their own. Now, I'm going to I'm going to stop here because the article then goes on to say, quote, it's an insta- it's a constitutional right or freedom of speech to wear that shirt. Now, you know, being the the constitutional conservative that I am and I I went way too far on this uh on a recent Taiwan Tech episode. That wasn't the place for it. This is. Um the a t-shirt is not speech. Nope. All right. The, the First Amendment says that Congress shall make no law abridging the exercise of free speech. All right. It doesn't say anything about school districts. It doesn't say anything about T-shirts. It's the right to, to that there can't be any law against saying what you're going to say. So this was not a constitutional violation. Stop using that. It's not. It's wrong and it's stupid. But it's not a constitutional violation. It's a common decency violation. All right, say you disagree with a choice that this kid made. She's 16 years old. Every 16-year-old makes stupid choices. If you believe this is a stupid choice, you should try to correct her and say, look, you know, I think you're messed up here. I think your reasoning is wrong. I think Romney and Ryan are two idiots, and let me tell you why. That's, you know, I still think that's a wrong thing to do, but at least it's the right way to handle doing something wrong. But to tell a 16-year-old girl she's got a strip in front of her classmates because you don't like her T-shirt is criminal. And this person should never be in charge of students ever again. She should lose not only her job, but her career over this act. Right. Amen. Sorry. And I'm okay now. I had my Rush Limbaugh moment. I'm okay now. So let's talk about boobs. I like boobs. And this is, after all, Let's, breast cancer we awareness. Add, I think we have to add that to the list of official uh, uh, periodic table themes because yeah. you've been on the boob train. <laughs> you've been on the boob train for the last month, Mark. Well, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mark's we need another bean, bacon, boobs, and the boob something. train. <laughs> boobs and bacon. Yeah. So um, it, it, I put this story in specifically in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, I'm it's, for that. It's October. And so we're allowed to do that. Uh, a German company called G Spirits um, is a liquor company, and they're selling a new line of of alcoholic beverages <laughs> that have been poured down the breasts 
of glamour models before being bottled. Among the women hired um, were playmate, uh, Hungary's current playmate of the year, Alexa Varga, and she's joined by Amina Makalonka and Evelyn Aubert, who are all photographed topless demonstrating the process on the company's website. Between them, they will produce 2,500 liters of each spirit in small batches, and their images will appear on the bottles that go on sale. G-Spirits insists that the products are in keeping with public health department requirements and, quote, we pay high attention to hygienic filling processes. Furthermore, medical personnel is present to check it. I would like to volunteer to be the medical personnel on hand to observe, just a a dispassionate observer of the process. Well, and Mark, I know uh, people are, you know, want to decry this as, you know, just a a marketing ploy or whatever, but uh, I have five cases of this stuff, and it's really good. (laughs) Do they they each come with a leaflet describing the process, complete with pictures? Well, it says that their image will appear on the bottle. I wonder if it's an image of them in the act of um, imbuing the liquid with their own essence. That's hilarious. People, it just goes to show that people will buy anything and boobs and booze go together. So thank you, G spirits for, for giving us this, uh, timely and important breast cancer awareness month, uh, article to discuss. I think you could sell a turd in a bottle with boobs. <laughs> I think maybe you have people have in the past. <laughs> Ah, what a great one. That's, that's the great one to end on, isn't it? It is indeed, because clearly the show can only go downhill from here. <laughs> Much like the liquor pouring down the chests of the women. <laughs> These are the I, days of our lives. I just, I, 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 I I'm speechless. I'm trying to envision the bottling process. So I'm picturing like a large funnel, like two or three feet across, and the women are leaning over the funnel with the bottle and pouring liquid onto themselves, which then drips down into the funnel. I, what are the sanitary, quote, sanitary measures? The, the health department approved. the women first. <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I will volunteer for that job. You if see that, more, that, that, uh, that, that uh, you know, 730 rally call at the EMT shop. You know, when they're handing out the duties for that. Okay, Fred, Jim, you're going to go work the football game today. Uh, Mark, Sean, you've got the naked breast pouring alcohol women uh, gig. Uh, oh, man, one. I did that uh, last week. <laughs> Cleanup's horrible. <laughs> oh, so uh, how, is it good stuff, Sean? <laughs> so smooth, so smooth. <laughs> Yeah. So it, you know, that's either the oak barrel process or the large boob process. One of those two results in a very smooth looking the barrel chest. There you go. This is a fine vintage twenty eight year old C cup. <laughs> this is yeah. This is a thirty eight twenty four twenty eight vintage. <laughs> it's a fine cabernet. Oh, wow. That's an awesome story. And my only complaint is there weren't enough pictures with the article. I just, <laughs> I wish there were more I'm sure pictures. there's plenty on the website, Mark. Well, there could be. Go um, do some research. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Georgia mom's already gone to sleep, so. I was doing research for the show. <laughs> okay, gspirits.com. I'm Googling it. Here we go. Let's see what right there on the front page. Oh my gosh! Don't go there. Uh, certainly don't oh go there with kids. Uh, wow. Um, oh my gosh! Don't go there. He says. I'm yeah, that. that's a good show. D- don't, don't do it because. Wow, that's this is I'm still looking. Yeah. Those are keeping track. He's still making sure we don't go there. I mean, I'm I'm here researching the site. I'm looking at every picture just to, for doing my um um j- uh, journalistic duty. Um, sacrifice we make for you, the listener. You're doing your bust prudence. Seriously, this is amazing. I didn't. This would not be legal in the U.S. I don't think. Uh, but you you can get rum, whiskey, uh, or vodka. Oh, there's a video called "The Making of." 
<laughs> so maybe I'll get my question answered. Uh, that's G-S-P-I-R-I-T-S dot com. Just and if you right click in the top right hand corner of Google Chrome, you can do an incognito window. <laughs> oh, yes, that's me uh, watching the video right now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can actually hear him watching the video. Oh, man, this is this is way more than I bargained for. I thought there might be some publicity shots, you know, maybe some uh, some uh, suggestion. No, this is not suggestion. This is all out uh, women pouring booze on themselves. Um, and uh, excuse me, I need to rewind that part and watch it again. <laughs> I think I think we have to end the show now because Sean's going to explode any minute now if we uh, if we don't if we don't end uh, we, we don't want to catch all that on tape. <laughs> yeah, we're still on the air. All right, now this is the part of the show where you go around and take responsibility for all the stupid things you said. So, Sean, where can people contact you uh, to uh, ask you how good the five cases of liquor are? Well, you can find me on the G Spirits forum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. That's or, booze uh, and boobs at right. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Sean TX. Uh, find me on Facebook, Sean Kybel, or email me, Sean at and that's S H A W N at elementopi.com. So it's Sean not seen. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Mister Butler, how about yourself? One meal, one workout dot com. All right. And apparently that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> and you can find me at, uh, uh, you can find a very old, not updated blog at markcockerel.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at Mark Cockrell, or the best place to go is to elementopi.com where you can check out this and other shows like it. No, there aren't other no, shows like no it. Other shows, other shows on the network. Um, where, where you can uh, find my, my ramblings about other topics, uh, some technology, some not. Um, so we encourage you to do that. And also, we're always uh, happy to get feedback about the show. Thank you, Jim, for your contributions to the show. Uh, and thanks to the other guys who I'm sure meant to do that but just didn't get around to it. Um, we appreciate the thought. Uh, so elementop.com, hop in the forums, let us know what you think. Thanks, everybody, and I'm going to say that ends this episode of The Periodic Table.